Welcome to Getting It Together. I'm your host, Erin Heidelberger, the OG Git Mom. What is Git Mom? It's a philosophy, a way of life, and a national movement, if I do say so myself, that's helping moms everywhere get it together. G-I-T. Get it? I am a certified parent coach and the founder of Get Mom. I empower moms to feel in control in this totally out of control experience we call motherhood. I want to welcome you to a whole new way of thinking about parenting. The secret formula to creating a happy family is, wait for it, to put yourself front and center. Get Mom is the only coaching company in the country focusing on mom's happiness rather than her kids. I give moms simple one, two, three steps to parent more effectively and efficiently. The end goal is always to carve out happy mommy time for you because happy, confident, independent moms raise well-adjusted, self-assured, and happy children. Every podcast, I'll be inviting my guests to talk about how they get off Mommy Island, how they put the me in mommy, and what they do to get it together. My dream for this podcast is to be the answer to your parenting woes. So let's get into it. Today's guest has lived a lot of lives already, and she's only getting started. Like Meghan Markle, she was once a briefcase model on the hit show Deal or No Deal, and she was also once an NFL cheerleader for the Indianapolis Colts. But these days, she is the CEO of her own company, Amanza Inc. She runs an online boutique called Shop Social Scenes, and she works as both a realtor and interior designer. Talk about a double whammy. So you know her as the megawatt star of the Netflix series Selling Sunset. And today you are going to get to know her as the mom of Noah and Breaker. So please join me in welcoming Amanda Smith to the show. Hi. Hi. Thanks for being here. So <laughs> that fun was getting a really beautiful introduction. I feel so oh. cool. <laughs> you are so cool. I just saw you. You are so cool. So I've been watching Selling Sunset from the beginning, and I was so happy when you and your sunny disposition joined the cast in season two. Thank you so much for bringing your smiles. So I'm really looking forward to basking in some of your glow today. We're going to dive right into the good stuff. Family, I am Get Mom, all about getting it together with mommies. And you credit your best friend's mom for raising you, and you call her the sweetest thing, your angel mom. So I'd love to hear more about her and how that relationship has shaped you as a mother yourself. It's so interesting when people know so much about you and it's like, wow, <laughs> I feel so special. You really did your, your due diligence. Um, oh, thank you. So my angel mom, she was my best friend's mom and my best friend, her name is Jamie Sweeney. Well, Kendall, now she's married, but we, we met literally on the first day of first grade. There's not been like, you know, more than maybe a few days that we've gone without either speaking or texting within these like 37 years that we've been best friends. So her mom was a woman. It was like, you know, there's like June Cleaver, like the perfect like household mom. And then there was like 
Then there was, at one, you know, Martha Stewart. And then there's like, she was like a perfect combination of like Mary Poppins, Martha Stewart, June Cleaver. <laughs> she literally could do everything. She was a baker, a sewer. She was a professor at the university. She was on every board. She was a deacon at the church. She was just like, she was like the head of the PTA. I mean, I don't even know. I swear she was, there was like multiples of her. We just only saw one because I don't know how she did it all. My home life was very tumultuous from a very early age, like around probably age three. There was a lot of really gnarly stuff happening in the house, out of the house. And fortunately, I was the, you know, I was a child of much, a lot of abuse. There were a certain few people, and he's one being one of them, who I think recognized like maybe things weren't so great at home to the point that I ended up moving and living in and out of their house throughout my entire childhood from like sixth grade on to like my sophomore year of high school. I lived there for like a few months. My freshman year of college, I lived there for almost basically the whole year. I lived there again, like after, even when Jamie went away to Ball State and she wasn't in the house anymore, I lived in her, her parents' home with her parents. And so surely it was just this super, super significant force in my life. And I called her my mom. And unfortunately, when we were 19, because Jamie and I are at the same age, she passed away. She had cancer. It's like if somebody lost a mom, I know what that would feel like. It's dating. But I do know that because she passed, I really, truly, truly think that I am able to be where I am and able to still to be as an amazing parent as I am. Yes, I said it. I'm patting myself on the back. Um, yeah, because I yes, had this you really, should. <laughs> if you don't, one no one thing. else will. Right. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? I'm an okay friend. I'm good at interior design, but like, I know I'm a really good mom. So, and I attribute that all to Shirley's upbringing. She was just amazing. So yeah, I have the tattoo on my arm, all that I am or hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. And that is actually a quote from Abraham Lincoln. And Mm -hmm. he wrote that quote for his mother who had passed and he's my favorite president. So I thought it was fitting. She's my angel mom. I think she's able to watch over me better from the other side than probably she would have been able to um, if she were still physically here on earth because in my 20s I wasn't the most responsible and I think that I maybe would have just disappointed her and I think she had passed and she was able to be like no 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 okay you're gonna do that well you're gonna go ahead and do it but we're gonna make sure you're safe well, it looks like, and it sounds like you are doing an incredible job. And I like, I seriously, I'm like the mom cheerleader. I'm here to tell you, pat yourself on the back because you know what? No one else is going to say to us like, Hey, you're doing a great job. So Amanda, you're doing a great job and thank you. And your kids yeah, are hey, awesome. Wait, hey, wait, wait not hey, those you. pancakes this month. That's right. Like whatever, <laughs> whatever you're doing, you're doing a great job. However, just, thank you. you know what? You're surviving. You're doing a great job. All right. So was becoming a mom something you always planned to do or what was that journey like? And tell us about your kids. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm from the Midwest and oh, yeah, me too. Where are you from? <laughs> I'm from Indiana. I'm from Wisconsin. Okay. You're a Midwesterner. So Amanda. Yes. You're just born to be a mama when you're from the Midwest. Um, uh-huh. It was always something I wanted to do. Obsessed still to this day. 
with babies. I will, I don't know. I'm going to have to kidnap one at some point because <laughs> I want more, but like I'm obsessed with kids and I have been since I was just like knee high to a grasshopper. You know, you're in the, in the Midwest, you start babysitting when you're like nine years old. I mean, I was babysitting for full on like newborns and I babysat for three kids, but solely just me. I was like, I swear I was nine or 10 years old. And I mean, one of them was a newborn, like, like changing diapers, burping, bottle feeding. It's crazy. It's crazy. Right. So anyway, yes, I was obsessed from a young age. Tell us about your kids. Tell us about your kids. <laughs> so my daughter, yeah. Noah, she just, she I just turned 11 name. on Halloween. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. Noah Lane. And she is, I don't know. I mean, I, everybody thinks their kids are awesome, but mine are awesome. Mine are awesomer. <laughs> They're such yeah. amazing kids. I don't even know. Noah is just this, you know, she went, she went through a little sassy phase, but she's kind of over that now. And she's just helpful and complimentary and sweet and hmm. smart and funny, but like, she's very observant. And she's very regimented and she's never late. And <laughs> she's very structured. She's very, he's nine. I have to like drag him out of bed, put his clothes <laughs> on him. Basically. I think he has a little bit of ADD. He's like very hard. Well, I think they both do and they get that from me, but yeah, that's okay. He's less structured, less regimented, less responsible, smart as a whip. They both are, but he's what I would say you would call like lazy smart. Like he's not like you're never gonna go in Breaker's room and see him just cramming for a test, killing it on on his own. But you know what? Maybe Breaker is gonna have street smarts, right? There's a lot to be said for that. He gets bored in school, though. He buzzes through his his work, and he's like, "I'm just bored." But yeah, they're just they're both really smart. But one is more me, and the other one is more their father. And their father was very. He used to be on time. It's kind of late right now, but um, he was always on time. He was very structured. And then, so she has that. And then she also has like my quirky personality. That's just got like the best of both. And then Breaker is definitely somebody who's more of a procrastinator, but he's, he's hilarious. He's like a comedian. He sings and he dances around and he's very musical. And I don't know. It's so funny. I'm like, you guys are siblings, but they're very different in some ways. It's just really cool to watch. I know it is so cool to watch and especially as everyone knows, being a parent is hard, even on the best days and you are going through something really difficult and your ex-husband, former NFL player, Ralph Brown and the father of the kids has actually been missing for over a year. And this sound, it literally like when I was doing the research it sounds like a lifetime movie and I'm, I'm trust me, I'm not making light of this, but I was, I was doing the research. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Like this is right. a lifetime movie, but yeah. it's your, and I know I'm like, I have the most compassion. Like th- this is your real life. And so I, I can't even imagine. So what are you saying to the kids when they ask about Ralph to help them feel as safe and secure as possible? Yeah. Well, I mean, let me tell you, yeah, it is a life. It's like a lifetime. It's like if a lifetime movie in a after in a school lifetime. special oh, and an after right. school special had a baby, <laughs> like that's what's happening. So yeah, I, well, look, it's been now it's August 26th. It's been August, September, October, November. It's been like a year and three months, year and four months. 
now it's settled into this new norm. And now we're dealing with like the psycho like psychological damages of what this is doing to them and what it's probably going to continue to, if not, you know, get nipped in the butt or at least right now trying to like mend it a bit with like some therapy and things like that. But at first it was okay. Daddy is taking time for himself. It's, it appears that he maybe is going through something really hard that we don't understand. And um, he needs to go get better so that he can come back and be the daddy that we know he is because Ralph is, was an amazing father. Can't say a negative word about the way he fathered. He was literally Perfect. Never missed a game, never was late for school, helped with all the homework, PTA meetings, Christmas carols, sing pageants at the school, whatever. It was never an issue. So I truly believe that, you know, something has happened in his head that is making him make these decisions because it's not something he would just wake up one day and be like, I just don't want to see my kids anymore. So I was very mindful of that. You know, he did play in the NFL for 11 years. You take a lot of blows to the head. There's CTE. There's all these things that it could possibly be. And this is all speculation because I don't know because I haven't seen him. I haven't talked to him. I haven't heard from him. I don't know. But in my head, that's the only logical conclusion. So I've just reassured the kids for months. I mean, we don't honestly, they don't really even ask anymore. But it's like for months, it was just, you know, daddy's, I bought a, a book called uh when the brain breaks this is what a sick brain looks like and this is a healthy brain and this is when your brain is sick you can't you can't make the decisions that you would make if your brain was healthy so i think that daddy's trying to get his brain healthy so that he can make the decisions that he used to make when his brain was healthy but that went on that was like for a few months you know i mean they would cry themselves to sleep if one wasn't crying themselves to sleep one night the other one was the other night it was just i mean it was brutal gut-wrenching sadness and heartbreak and mystery and for for months and i was also this happened just a couple months into starting to film the show so it's like i was filming a show Wild. where i'm being followed by Can't cameras imagine. and i'm trying to like i didn't really know together. how much to divulge yeah because i was like is it going to come back tomorrow who what do i share do i not share do i so it was really it was tough behind the scenes was a lot less <laughs> what did you say my personality my sunshiny's personality behind the scenes was a lot darker than what you saw on camera so i was just trying to hold it together but yeah well, you held you seriously. You held it together because, like, your public persona was this happy, shiny mom, and like helping our children feel like security is one of the core practices of being a get mom, and it like it just gets to the heart of most parenting struggles. And frankly, every mom could use like everything you just said right now, as even though like your advice you just said is clearly a lifetime movie, but let's talk about like, we're in a pandemic. It feels like we're living in another lifetime movie. You're like lifetime movie 2.0. No, we're living in Steven Spielberg, like like sci-fi. What the fuck movie at this point? It's like, what What is happening? Where are we going? (laughs) Where day is it? Yeah. But here's what I love. Like what time is it okay to pop open a truly okay? It doesn't really matter because nobody can leave. There's no time. (laughs) You pop it open. It's no, it's It's, open. It's open open. 24 seven. But like what I really enjoyed when I was researching and and when I scrolled through your Instagram feed and er anyone can see that you are no stranger to taking a stand for causes that are important, whether it's get out the vote, fight racism or support the Black Lives Matter movement. I want to go back to the Black Lives Matter movement. And what are your thoughts about how white moms like me 
can start a conversation around Black Lives Matter and racism with their kids? I think that for me, because I'm, I'm sometimes I always say to my friends like, oh, I need to go to explanation school because it's, it's I know what's, I know what I feel. And it sometimes it's very hard for me to get that out of my mouth and to where it makes sense to somebody else <laughs> in words, you know, I got to use my words. Mm-hmm. Um, so I find if it's a topic that I'm not super knowledgeable about, or I haven't had experience with, there's so many books, you know, and I think I posted something back when the George Floyd did. Thing first mm-hmm. was like, came out, and it was, a, it was a list of books that are just references that you can for many different age. Like it went from age. I don't know there's like ones you would read to like a toddler and then, you know, one you would read to a teenager. And so I find that books are really helpful. You know, like, what, for example, when I said how I explained to my children about the brain, a sick brain and a this brain, I would have never thought of it in that way. But somebody suggested this book and I was like, brilliant. So I think that, you know, we as parents have to do our a little bit of homework and kind of figure out what's the easiest way to explain it to our kids. I think that it's really important. Well, I mean, personally, it's really important for me to have my kids experience a lot of different cultural things. Like my son has a friend who is Indian and they celebrate Diwali. And so mm-hmm. when it's that, when Diwali, which was just like a couple weeks ago, I think, or maybe last week, explained to them, like, this means a lot to your friend Dhruv because like, this is his heritage and this is what it means. And this is, this is kind of like our New Year's Day or whatever. And just exposing your kids to different culture and like, And then sharing with them, you know, don't freak, don't scare them and show them everything, the news or whatever. But it's like, you can explain to them certain scenarios and things that have happened. And even my kids being African-American, there were things, and I'm going to, you know, I'm not proud of this, but I was, I was uneducated on a lot of this stuff because I was raised in the Midwest by a white mom and a white stepdad with white grandparents and white cousins and white siblings and white schoolmates. And I was the only black kid in my whole school and I'm only half. And I was surrounded by racists that I didn't even realize it up until a certain point. But then I would, I got to an age where they wouldn't, they accepted me because I was in this small school and I'd been there since day one, but I would hear it all around me, people making fun of black people, other black people. And I was just like, holy crap. Like I will never allow my children to be in this situation. And we actually lived in Orange County when my son was born and I loved it. There was beautiful, but that we were at the park one day and Noah was two. And Breaker was like a baby, you know, he was like months old and we're at the park and always at the park. Everybody was always so nice. They remember us. They remember us at restaurants and they remember (laughs) our names. And I was like, everybody's so nice here. And about a month and a half into living at Laguna Beach, I was like, no, they're not. We are the token black family. Like we are the only ones. And we were at the park and the ladies would be like, oh my God, look at her hair. Like and they want to touch it. Like, and I was like, uh, oh, uh, yeah, I was like, nope, mm-hmm. I experienced this. I'm like, we are moving. I told my husband, you know, I was married to Ralph at the time. Like, this isn't, I will not allow my kids to go to school. I don't want my daughter to think her hair is mm-hmm. different. I don't want them to think their skin is different. So we moved back to LA and it's the most beautiful thing. My kids, there's no different at their school. They have, there are gay kids in their class. There are black kids. There are light black kids. There are Indian kids. There are Mexican kids. There are Russian kids. Like there is so much culture that they, it doesn't even, they don't bat an eye. If my kids see two men kissing on the side of the street, like driving through West Hollywood, they don't look twice. It's never been, it's never, yeah, it's never been anything different to them because that's what I teach them from a young age. So I think 
you just have to be very honest and, and expose your kids to a lot of different cultures and be, you know, people get nervous. Well, I don't, how do we talk about, you know, what gay is to kids? You just do because it's not anything I know. different it's than like, homo- like, than heterosexual. Why are you so scared? It's like, <laughs> like, what is the problem? Yeah. Like, just have a conversation. Just like rip the bandaid. It just like, it turns out adults are super scared and adults would rather say nothing than be uncomfortable and get uncomfortable. All right. So I want to ask you, as you said, you have all these wonderful people in your life who are cheering you on and supporting you and your kids and get mom. I'm the massive advocate of building your mom's village because we can't handle this alone. Like this is, it's too much. No one can do this alone. No way. So who do you rely on in your mom village to help you keep it together? And is it easy or hard for you to accept help? So my mom village, sadly, because I live in LA and I'm surrounded by a lot of people who don't have kids yet. In the office, we have, you know, my best friend, Mary, her son's 23. I think he just turned 23. I know. And and by the way, He's out but of the, house. the two of you, you yeah. and Mary both look 23. Like, it's just so, it's so, it's Aww. such a great escapism watching the show. So thank you. But yeah, right. So like, right. <laughs> thank, she thank cannot you. relate to your young children. And, you know, she, she was a single mom when she had Austin. She did it all by herself for a while, but that's been so long ago. So it's like, he's out of the house. Maya has two children, but she also has a husband, you know, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like that helps. Mm-hmm. And then nobody else in the office has kids. So there's that. And then there is my other friends outside of the office. And I have a lot of mom friends when I was pregnant with my kids, but they're like mom moms. Oh my gosh. I'm, this is like a mean girl's quote. I'm not a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. I <laughs> like, do. I'm like, I, I'm like yeah. to be a cool mom. Be a good mom. So it's yeah. like, and because they are moms already, they either have one kid. I have a very good friend. She's got one kid, but she's a single mom. So it's not like, hey, you want, can you watch my kids? It's like she's already just trying to manage her life with her daughter solo. And then, you know, the other people that already that have like two or three kids and maybe one's a baby. It's like nobody's babysitting your kids if they already have kids. Like I wouldn't even ask that. It's like, no, no, no. And then, you know, my other very best friend, she has a five-year-old and she's just like, oh, he's just too much. I can't. can't." And and it's more trouble to ask for the favor and hear like all the different excuses of why they would love to, but it would just be in, then it would be to just go pay for, you know, a fucking babysitter. So (laughs) I haven't had, I don't have like a village like that. However, I have this one really, really good friend. Her name is Kate. She doesn't have kids. My kids are obsessed with her. They stayed all night there just the other day. But just recently have I started to, to allow her to to accept her offers of like babysitting and things. Accept because those now offers. my kids are to a if point. She's, if she's asking, just accept. Yeah, I do now. Good. But this is why. Okay. Because now my kids, it's like if you don't want to see them for 147 hours, give them an iPad. No. Believe me, you wouldn't even oh, know. They, I, they don't I'm even come up for water. 100%. So it's like I'm down with screens. I feel confident. Yep. <laughs> I feel confident that they aren't going to be wreaking havoc, fighting, doing all, you know, so it's easy to leave them places now Good. or not leave them, no, places, I, but like please, leave them with please. Kate. You, you know, know. What? The, the parents yeah, and yeah. police are not here. Like we got you. I actually, I actually went out the other night and um, they stayed all night at Kate and it, it was the first, I mean, in months that it, that I'd gone out. My friend was like, dude, we have to have a get together yeah. because we're all, we're all about to be we put to on get a loose tomorrow. Let's get loose. It's the last hurrah. And I got, and I would say some, there were people there much younger than me, some, some of them. And they were like, well, 
you have kids? First of all, they're like, whoa, 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 hold on, let me wrap my head around that. How old? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, they're in the car. Don't worry. I gave them melatonin. And I cracked the window. And they're like, what? And I'm like, no, I cracked the window. And I'm like, that was the joke. But it's like, really? Come on. I mean, yeah, I don't really have a village. I just, I'm a tough cookie. Like I had a shitty childhood. I took care of myself a lot of times. I don't ask for a lot of help. I do accept it now more Good. than off, you Keep know, but doing I'm also it more. very, very, very overprotective. Not like a helicopter mom, but like no, my daughter okay. is like, we're going to have a play. Can I have a play date at so-and-so's house? And I literally will be on the phone. And I'll be like, how many people are going to be there? Do they have any older brothers and sisters? Does anybody else live in the house? Are you having company? Are there in my mom? My daughter's like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm protecting you from years and years of therapy later. <laughs> she's like, what? Uh, you have to ask these things nowadays. Are there, do you have any guns in the house? Yeah. My kid's not going to pick up a gun, but I don't know that their kid's not going to like want to show. Gun. Like there's so many crazy things that could happen. And I just am very good at like making sure those things don't happen. Anybody can come to our house. You want to have the whole class over, bring them. I'll make cookies, but you're not going to so-and-so's house. Why? They're nice. How do I know they're nice? I've never met them. Right. You're like, I've you're like mama bear. I know. I love it. Yeah. All right. How did you get cast on Selling Sunset? It was easy. I've been best friends with Jason and Brett for 20 years. Wow. And so, and then I also was working in the office as their interior design specialist. Mm-hmm. I just didn't have my real estate license. They wanted me to be a part of season one, but I didn't have my real estate license. I didn't know if I wanted to get my real estate license. It honestly, know, that's it, it didn't a, interest that's a situation. Was, the real estate license yeah. is not easy. Yeah. Well, it was for me. Oh, good. All right. Congratulations. <laughs> no, no I'm so happy. Like, yeah. It's, thank it's, God. Yeah. It's not, it's not easy or it can be tough. So it just made sense. Jason one day was like, you should just get your license regardless of if you want to be like a super active agent, if you even refer us, because you know, you have to have your license to get a referral fee. So he's like, just get your license and you're, you're showing the houses or you're seeing the houses with us and you can start showing them. And if you bring in a client, look, you make commission. So I was like, okay. Look, if I can do it in like a weekend, I got you. But I'm not ordering $400 worth of books and studying for months. I that's I can't even read an email. Like, <laughs> I'm so, can I get this email on audio? I'm too busy. I don't, I can't, I have, I'm dyslexic. I have ADD. It's very hard for me to like read and comprehend things. So I went, I found this seminar hmm. and this guy teaches this awesome seminar in like, I don't know, it's like an hour away. And it's for nine hours a day on the weekend. And you go for nine hours on a Saturday. You go for nine hours on a Sunday. And it's like a crash course in real estate. Mm. And I went, I went on Saturday. I went on Sunday and I went on Monday and I took the test and I didn't pass the first time I took it, but I went back on Tuesday and took it and passed. I was like, okay, I got my license. So what's next? I I love that. I'm always like, what's next? Like, what are we doing next? Like, let's move on. Yeah. Cause I'm always like known as I'm like the goofy artistic friend. I'm not like the one that's got like the calendar with all the note and I'm perfectly on time and all. And so I walked in, I was really proud of myself. So it made sense to join the cast after that. Also when they were filming season one, I was doing deal or no deal again. So I wouldn't have even been able to shoot it because they started filming at the same time. I started filming deal or no deal in Florida for like a couple months or a month and a half or something. So it just all worked out. I seriously love it. And plus (laughs) Thank you. I also, when they signed on to do this reality show, I remember I was like, okay, cool. Like I was excited, but I was as excited as I was nervous for them. And I wanted them to dip their toe in the water before I jumped in. I wanted to see if it was going to be good. Amanda, you're killing me. That is so (laughs) crafty and smart. Oh my God. I want to hug you. I love that. Right. Because let me tell you. It could have gone. Oh, 
two well, ways. Well, let me tell you, because season, <laughs> like, seriously, I when I did the intro, I was not lying. I'm the biggest fan of this show. But season one, I was like, okay, this is a little weird. It's a little cheesy. It's it's not polished, but I'm I'm here for it. And then I, you know what? I like pretty people. I love real estate. Like, I'm coming back in. I'm coming back into season two. And then, boom. And everyone was like, just more they got it together and i was like oh my god this is yeah. so good and then I'm like, well they're making a, they were making a little more money so everybody gets a little prettier after oh my god season, right you get a little well, better clothes, i want to i want to look at the pretty <laughs> totally i mean look that's me too i watch this stuff i know i don't want to look at ugly just to see their Let's yeah just be real. no like, sorry especially right now you yeah. right you and i we're unshowered right now we're yeah. not pretty. I want to sit and eat potato chips off my belly button and look, and at, look pretty. at other people that Who actually are, like, go to the gym and, like, and have brush makeup their hair. and brush their hair <laughs> and have like, hair extensions. Yeah. All right. So you're so great on the show. And I want to talk about real estate before we wrap this up. So it's a wild market right now with lots of people picking up and moving during COVID. What are your top tips for people getting ready to list their homes? Always do your research and look and see, you know, the comps in your area. This is a one big thing. Everybody thinks their house is worth the most. <laughs> and it's like, okay, if you're just, if, if I just looked at your house from the inside and I looked at it from the outside and I looked at nothing surrounding it and nothing like construction coming up behind it or did no comps. Yeah, this is a beautiful piece of property. However, you have to pay attention to the big picture and you have to see what things have sold down the street what the house next door is worth, you know, all those types of things, the school district, the, this, the, that you got to really pay attention to what's around you because if you don't, and you get in your head that your property is worth X amount. And then we come in and say, well, according to this, this, and this, it's only worth this amount. You're going to end up wasting a lot of time trying to list it for too high. It's going to waste us a lot of time in marketing and things. And then you, at the end of the day, nine times out of 10, they come back they're like, okay, you were right. Let's like reduce the <laughs> let's reduce the price. So, pay attention to the comps. Try to get an idea in your head of like realistically what it's actually worth. First, everything in your house isn't beautiful. Everybody <laughs> doesn't like your tchotchkes. Right? They don't like <laughs> yeah. your tchotchkes. No, your Grandma's design, rocking chair, aesthetic is amazing. <laughs> yeah, get rid of simplify. If you can't afford or you don't want to fit the bill to have it staged professionally, at least have somebody come in and show you what to take out to make it look like anybody could live there. Not everybody loves fluorescent pink bathroom walls or whatever it, it may be. You know, you got to just pay attention and just be realistic about what you can part with or at least stick in a garage or to stage the home so that you can present it really well. Because the way a house shows is really, really, really going to help it, whether or not it sells. People don't have imaginations. They can't walk into a kitchen that is just cluttered and filled with everything, but like just kitchen stuff or dining room, let's say dining room. They can't envision it. So immediately they're just like, nope, you clear it out and you give it a clean dining room table with like some beautiful flowers in the middle and you get rid of all the crap. They're like, oh, okay. I can see me living here. So yeah, pay attention to the way that you're going to present it to the possible buyers. And then be realistic about what your house is really worth. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. it's like, mm -hmm. that would be my advice. And then also on the other side, if you're purchasing, we get this a lot. I said, we're thinking about purchasing. Can you just send us what's available? It's like, I can do that. And you can see what's available now and how much it is. But if you're not ready to purchase for 
if you're really not going to try and be full on trying to purchase for a few, even a few months, wait, because the market shifts so fast and inventory goes like that, you know? So it's like, what's here today might not be here next week and definitely won't be here in three months. So, you know, when you're ready to pull the trigger, then start wasting our time. <laughs> like either shit or get off the pot. Or get off the pot. Let's <laughs> I do love it. That exactly. I mean, let's just yeah. call it what it is. All right. So as a parent coach and really like as a mom and a woman, I strongly urge all moms out there to follow their passions and create mommy time for themselves. So you are so busy. How do you find the time to put the me in mommy? (laughs) Well, that's something that I've only just recently started to get a good grasp on again, because, you know, before Ralph was gone, I had every other week to do whatever mommy wanted to do. If I wanted to stay in bed until noon, I could. If I wanted to work 17 hours a day, I could. If I wanted to go to Mexico with a hot dude for the weekend, I could. Oh my God. I could do mommy we time. We should talk more about but- hot dudes. We don't have time, but I would love to talk more about yeah. hot dudes. <laughs> but I, so I used to have every other week totally free to myself. So when that went away and it was just me every day for a while, there was no mommy time. And then I had to just, I had to start making it. I had to start because I was, yeah, you just got to you know, overcompensating and th- I can't do it. All. And, but I will tell you most recently, you know, my father lives in Florida. He's an amazing man. I, know, I just saw your Instagram li- post. <laughs> yeah. Isn't Daddy, he cute? Isn't he so, the cutest? He's, the sweetest. he's a, He's almost 80. Can you believe this? Like oh, this man is crazy. Hmm. Yeah. And so my mom, my stepmom and my dad are amazing. And so most recently we went to see them and we stayed there for two weeks. And my mom, my stepmom, she says to me, she goes, look, after the two weeks, this was before we went. She goes, I'm going to tell you something. She's like, do you have a drink? I'm like, of course I have a drink. I always <laughs> have my wine. She's like, she's like, take a drink of your wine. I'm like, okay. She goes, I know you don't have anybody to help you. We love, you know, your kids, like they're our own. When you come here after two weeks, she goes, I don't care where you fucking go, yeah. but you're leaving and you're leaving them with us for two weeks <gasps> and you just go do whatever you want. And I was like, what? what? I've never had anybody say, that, like, say that. Not gonna- say that and, and, and yeah. follow through with it. I'm dying. Yeah. And it wasn't. Did you do it? I mean, if I've left, I would have to pay them. But no, they're, she's like, you're not paying us. You're our family. Heck yeah, I did. I left yeah. them there. Good. After oh my god, we were there for two Walk weeks, and then mommy Walk left. Mommy left for two weeks, and I'm not going to tell you where, where I went, and what? I'm not going to tell you no. who I saw. Mm. But I had a really good time for two weeks, and I came back, and we stayed for another four days, and then we came home. We were gone for a month, what? so my kids were safe with oh. Papa Sly and Grandma. You Sue, deserve that, and you earn that. You deserve yeah. that. There's no guilt. And no I guilt in that. I felt no guilt. My what? best friend Mary, she was like, I had been there for like three days away, and she goes. Oh, you must miss the kids like crazy. And I was like, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I was like, I don't. I no. said, I don't feel guilty about saying it. No. It's like, I, I miss you them. They're safe. I paid they my fed. dues. Like, I'm yeah. good. Like, they're not doing anything that I don't know that they're not doing. And I'm good. Like, oh, my yeah. God. I'm it was, it was jelly. awesome. All right. I want, I, I <laughs> like, I hope that you can keep doing more of that mommy time. Because that is, a, yeah, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Good. All right. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you for being here with me today. Amanda, I have a feeling we're going to be watching you do huge 
things for a long time to come. So, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so for all of us hoping to follow along, how does my audience find you? Okay. So I'm on Instagram. Mostly I have a Twitter account. I have a Facebook, but I don't really use them that often. So it's at Amanda Smith. We're building my website right now, but if you want to see some of the design projects that I've done, it's amanza-smith.com. I have a lot of irons in different fires right now. Is that the way you put it? Fire. So I have a lot of projects that I'm working on, really exciting stuff. I just actually created a candle, a holiday candle with a good friend of mine. They smell amazing. I'm not just saying that. They smell like you want to eat them. What are the scents? Pine, cinnamon. What are we talking? Pumpkin spice and chai spice. And they're organic and they're soy and they're, they have essential oils. They're, they're, they're like all, they're amazing. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll see where you can buy those. I have eyelashes out. I mean, I just have a lot of stuff and designing furniture. There's just a lot going on. So yeah, you'll see. I'm not going anywhere for a while. I'm about to be a super rich. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you for joining Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for having me. No, I, this has been so this fun. Is fun. Thank you for joining Amanza and me today. I hope we inspired you to put the me in mommy. You can find Amanza on Instagram, on her website. You better be buying her candles. I will be. And be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Get Mom and check out my website, getmom.com, to learn more about how to get it together. And for now, this is Erin, your biggest cheerleader, here to help you get it together, moms. And this podcast was recorded by Hanger Studios. <laughs>